This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 646 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Arena Saddles, Horse Report System, and Total Saddle Fit. On tonight's episode, we are highlighting authors. We're joined first by Ruth Hogan Polson, who puts out a yearly training journal. And it's our pleasure to host Robert Dover, whose book, The Gates to Brilliance, has been recently released. We will follow that up with a great trainer tip from Megan McIsaac. This is Reese Koffler-Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. Hey, Reese. Are you all moved this week? That was, that was your big project? <laughs> it's been, you know, just a, just a little project of moving my entire life and all the horses and my new puppy. But we are here. The horses arrived today, and uh, it was really nice to see them all in their paddocks, unloaded. I will say every year we get better about loading, unloading, what comes, what doesn't come. So this year we were record breaking, but loading and unloading. It was pretty good. It was fun. So All right. every well, year now I'm I don't glad, want to break away. Glad, yeah. When these things go smoothly, that makes uh, a better start to the season, I suppose. You know, there's going to be many challenges <laughs> while you're down there. Yeah, it, it is. You know, I mean, it's just really difficult, right? It's it, I, I have seven horses with me and my new puppy, my new puppy. Um, he did not like rest stops. <laughs> it was uh-huh. a little challenging getting him out of the car to go to the rest, to the restaurant. Oh, he didn't want to leave the car. He didn't want to leave the car <laughs> or the truck. So that was a little challenging. Um, but once we got him out, he went to the potty and then would go right back in. And we ended up driving the entire way. We were going to stop in Ocala, but he had a hard time finding a place to park the trailer. So it, we just, I got mad and I was like, that's it. We're just going to go all the way. So I was good for about an hour after that because I was mad. And then it was, it's, it's a solid four hours from Ocala to Wellington. So it's, it's pretty far. So yeah. <laughs> the anger, the <laughs> anger only provided you with an hour's worth of energy. Yeah. yeah an hour. And I was mad because we, we would have been an hour further down the road. You know what I'm saying? Like instead okay, of stopping yeah, and yeah. driving around for an hour. So, um, so it, my plan did not work. And I normally am very organized and have a hotel, but I didn't do that this time. And cause I wasn't sure how I'd be feeling, but we made it. Everybody's here and it's fun. And, uh, it's, it's, I'm really looking forward to getting the season started. And I, I have started coming early in, well, or in December, I used to come in January, but it's a little bit too hard with, you know, an F- a CDI horse to do that. So, um, I started coming before Christmas, which I don't love from a personal standpoint, but I have a Christmas tree down here. We've already gotten our apartment, uh, or our cottage already decorated for the holidays. So I have started to embrace it down here for sure. So, I mean, just a question and, and feel free not to answer it, but do you have a plan for what will be your first, uh, competition? <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> we'll talk okay. about it. <laughs> no. So, um, so I, I don't actually have a plan yet exactly when bingo will show again, um, for the CDIs a little bit depends on 
sort of what avenue we want to go for, for qualifying this year. And there's actually a high performance meeting um, next week. So I'll, I'm going to do that meeting and then uh, sit down with Scott Hassler, my coach, and uh, Phil will also get rolled into this discussion, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, my sister, you know, I pull the team together. We really look at sort of what are the goals and what, what do we want to do? I really, really want to do a Friday Night Lights. So they just announced today that they are bringing that back. So that would be pretty fun is to to ride him under the lights. I would I would love that. So that's part of the goal too. So yeah, just, uh, just, we do need to take a minute and figure that out, <laughs> but I've been really busy and I haven't had a real great chance to sit down and, and look at that. So, um, but he's been feeling good, knock on wood, and I'm really looking forward to doing more with him. And then, um, every horse comes down. I really have a plan for every horse. Uh, big Mike is going to really learn. I'm going to really push for the Grand Prix now. So that's his, he's probably not going to show that much this year or this winter. He is eligible for the developing Grand Prix. He's young enough, but we'll see. Uh, that's very much. We'll see how sort of things go. We've got to really work on the passage and get the Piaf better. So that's kind of his goal for season. So it is fun to come down. And then um, I brought multiple students with me. So uh, it'll it'll keep me busy, keep me off the streets for sure. So <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be just Reese who who hangs out at the beach all day every day. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, actually, that sounds amazing. No, no, not this year, not this year. And um, I have several students that'll be down here, so it's gonna keep me out of trouble for sure. And and now. Uh, which is so fun. Uh, we have the internet options, so I can teach people sort of at home and and keep thing keep them moving forward too. So I'm really looking forward to it. And and some events are coming back here. It'll be interesting to see sort of how the season progresses. But there are some sort of preseason events already starting, which is fun. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting a couple months. So, uh, I'm not going to lie tonight. I hope I really sleep well now that the horses are all my farm at home is closed and, and my horses are all here in Florida. So hopefully my puppy will sleep a little better <laughs> last night. He didn't sleep so well. So I didn't sleep well, but, uh, yeah, coming to Florida is amazing, but it is, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to get everybody down and get everybody packed and, and all the things. So, and then I swear there's 85 trips to the tax store. <laughs> I, you know, like I got everything and then it's like, Oh, we forgot this <laughs> or we need this or yeah. So I have to be very strategic and, and have a list when I go to the tax store. So I don't get, um, distracted. <laughs> so, that, but that sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've got a great show tonight. We do. Ruth Hogan Polson, who has been on the show, you know, a few times with us, usually around the beginning of the year. Cause she puts out a great writer's training journal. So, uh, we like talking to her, and then we are really uh, pleased and excited that we, we got Robert Dover this week. He has been really busy promoting his book, and uh, we're happy to talk to him today. Oh, I know. It's so fun. I was a little starstruck. I'm not going to lie. Every time, he's so cool, and he just puts you at ease. So we hope you enjoy his interview as well. So we're going to have a quick commercial break, and we'll get to it. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Have you heard of Saccharomyces boulardii? It's a yeast, a type of probiotic. Often referred to as S. boulardii, it benefits your horse's digestive tract in several different ways. 
One unique property of Espoulardii is that it supports the stimulation of something called brush broader membrane enzymes that are found in the intestinal lining. These enzymes help your horse digest starches and sugars in the small intestine. When the sugars and starches are more completely digested, fewer of them escape into the hindgut where they can ferment and cause imbalances that lead to colic, diarrhea, and laminitis. Saccharomyces boulardii is found in Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products. Nalox Advanced contains a blend of yeast, fermentation solubles, and stomach buffers. These ingredients work together to maintain your horse's digestive tract in peak condition. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of all ages and stages and is fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we are so excited to have back on the show. This is, I think, our third year. We have Ruth Hogan Polson. She is on the show to talk about her dressage rider journal. Ruth, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed the last two times. I'm honored to be here. I know it's our third year and Philip and I have been using the journal. It's awesome. We recommend it to all our students as well. And uh, so we're also talking about amazing holiday gifts. And I think this is a great gift for your trainer, your friends, your barn mate. I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I I ordered a whole bunch of them for myself so I could give them to my students and the other professional colleagues that I have in the barn are also thinking it's a great sort of inexpensive way to cover your bases and also be productive with your students. Exactly. No, I think so. So Ruth, what are you doing for the holidays? Well, I have my whole crew here. All the horses are in the barn finally. I have 21 horses in the barn. I've got two staff and two working students, four dogs and a husband. And <laughs> mom arrived yesterday who spends the rest of the winter with us. And we have a tradition. We decorated the tree last night. And on Christmas Day, uh, the girls go to the barn and do all the chores. And then I arrive around 930 with uh, breakfast and maybe some mimosas or something like this. <laughs> um, and then we come back to the house and do our Christmas day and the girls are free to do what they like and go to the beach maybe or cook, cook with me. And then I feed everybody again in the evening and we really hunker down to just being very comfortable and pajamas at dinner and having a wonderful time all together. <laughs> I think that's my plan as well, for sure. That sounds, that sounds lovely. But in, <laughs> in, in a cold climate, I think, you know, coffee and Bailey's more than mimosas yeah. or yeah. mold wine. We talk, we talk about that every year. It's Reese's favorite, but uh, yep. hot chocolate is great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Well, that's kind of my plan on Christmas as well, but I, I love the journal and, you know, we, we have you come on every year and in this year, the journal has been updated. It's got some amazing exercises, doesn't it? It does. I, I use a lot of cross training for my dressage horses, but I hadn't included the ground poles kind of exercises in my prior journals. 
uh, for the dressage, but I had put it in my jumper journals. Um, and my dressage students were like, wait a second, we do those every week. Why aren't they in the journal? So uh, I, I did my favorite ones that I use regularly for all ages of the horses. I think there's one every three or four weeks, which is a, uh, they're sort of multitasking ground poles. So you can put them in one place and use them for numbers of different things. What I like is that, you, you know, you're, you're continuing to think about improving the journals and, you know, so it's kind of exciting when we get, when we get ours every year is to, you know, what's new in here. And, but, you know, the basics are, are always there and it's just great to be able to, uh, you know, sit down in January, you've got your goal setting uh, section and, and, uh, you know, maybe review last year's journal. I think it's just a great way to organize your lessons and organize your ideas and your thoughts and, and also great review from, from previous years. Yeah. I'm curious now that you guys are on your third year journal, when you guys sit down to look at your new one, be sure to go back and look at uh, the two prior years, because I I think and I hope that you'll be amazed and surprised and be like, oh my gosh, I wanted to do four tempies, but I didn't know how to do a single change. And now I'm doing my four tempies. Like it's a big, there's big milestones in there that if you don't kind of look back objectively, you may feel like you're stuck or going slowly. But when you look back, you you probably aren't. I, I love that thought, actually. I, I, you know, I had that discussion with a student of mine not that long ago, actually, and we had talked about getting the journal for next year. And it also kind of made me go home and think objectively about sort of my season, you know, and what happened and, and really moving forward, what I want to do. And I think that is a really important thing that we all need to do is just take a moment of looking at the successes and looking how well you did, but also like, okay, what do I want to move forward this year? If that makes sense as you, as you go through the journal, I think that's so important. It it sure does. And, you know, generally as dressage riders, we get greedy about how fast we're moving and what we're doing. And, and we tend to compare ourselves to others too much, in my opinion. And really we're riding for ourselves and it's the journey of training exploring and developing your relationship. And when you look back over the years, one year, six months, a year, two years, it's it's really astounding to me, even myself, when I have been down the center line in the Grand Prix with a difficult horse. And it was just a, you know, a Vermont regular national show. And boy, it felt like the Olympics to me. Uh, But of course, when I got out of the ring, I was like, oh, this could have been better and this could have been better. But then I look back and I think I actually brought this horse from not being able to go buy a letter without spooking to doing the Grand Prix. And that's what it's all about when you look at the big picture. Yeah, I think it's typical of of my students that, you know, might be um, preparing to show at the same level again next year, you know, typically second level is really tough for people or, you know, and, and we all want to just be doing the next level every year. Right. But when, when you go back and you look, you know, January year to year and you're saying, well, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just preparing to do second level again. 
you know, you can see what the different emphases are on, on the training. You know, you can do a shoulder in well, and then the next year to make it better, you've got to do it with, you know, more expression or more bend or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to be perfecting the same movement over and over again. And I think that's kind of second level, you know, maybe fourth level. A lot of people are, are a little bit stuck at pre-St. George. And then, you know, when, when, you know, you have your, your professionals riding the same horse at Grand Prix year after year, you, it, it's great to review that year in and year out and say, yeah, okay, I'm do- maybe doing the same test, but I'm doing it in a real different way with a real different focus in my training and a real, you know, I, I've sort of mastered a, a piece of it. But again, when you're doing, when you're doing tests, you've got to master a lot of different movements and a lot of different, um, things about the movements. I agree. And I actually have an exact example of that. One of my students who is usually only with me in the winter time had, had shown second level before she came to me last winter, but it wasn't, it wasn't beautiful. It wasn't harmonious. It wasn't correct. It was the pattern. She was able to negotiate the path of second level but she was able to stay with me the whole summer and we broke a bunch of more things down and we, we started doing some schooling shows again at second level and she was getting some of the same score. So she was a little disappointed at first. And I said, yes, but now look at what your focus is. Your focus is more connection, more balance, more throughness, more expression. And, then it took on a whole nother idea of, yeah, it might be the same pattern, but I have so many new things I'm um, applying to my test riding. And it, it really brought more appreciation to her of how much she'd accomplished because we were actually talking about those things now. Yeah, I think that's really super common and frustrating for people because you can ride two years at the same level and possibly not see a huge difference in, in the scores. And there's, you know, there's a number of reasons for that. And, but again, I think the journaling is just a great way to go back and, and, and show your students or, or people can review them themselves and say, okay, yeah, I was, you know, I was barely doing it. And, and, and now I'm, I'm working on the nuances. Yeah, that's a good word. The nuances, because when you get to the point where you're doing these little tweaks and nuances, you're re- you really are at a whole new level. No, it's so true. And I, what I love about the book as well is you have some exercises. You have a self-assessment, which I think is really important. You have the mind map and you have your goals. I think you actually have some exercises that I think it's really good to sit down and maybe, maybe even say to your trainer, I'd love to schedule if it's a, it's a yucky, you know, winter day and you, you can't, you know, can we just have a meeting? Can we do an off the horse lesson where we sit down and we do these exercises together. I think that's so important to make sure you and your trainer are on the same page. Um, and these are some great exercises to do together. I I don't think people do enough of that because I, I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, my trainer and I just aren't communicating or not on the same page. And, and these are the type of exercises that I think you should be doing together. How do you, how do you approach that? Yeah, I, I actually, with my students that are in Vermont and then I leave, it seems abruptly, but everybody always knows I'm leaving, but it seems abrupt. So October, 
um, we do the, exactly what you said. I schedule an, a non-riding lesson time, like 45 minutes or an hour, and we go through that. But I actually ask them to do it first on their own because I really want to hear what they feel, and then we go through it, and then I tell them what I because it's so hard for people who have not gone down the path to know where they are. And, and, and sometimes I tell them it's like going into a foreign house that you've never been into and the lights are off and you, you know there's a light switch in the closet. So you fumble around looking and looking and looking and then you find the light switch and you turn on the light. As a professional, and we've trained a lot of horses, we we can see a little bit more of the future of where it needs to be, and we know where the light switch is. And when you have never found that before, it's hard to find it, and you fumble around and fumble around, and then after the third or fourth time of doing the shoulder incorrectly, you can turn on the light switch. You know where it is. So I like to hear from my students first. I like them to do the exercise by themselves. And then I go through the whole thing with them and say, yeah, but you're already doing that, right? So that doesn't need to be a new goal. You actually are like three quarters of the way there of doing the correct shoulder in without letting the outside hind out. And they go, oh, yeah, I figured that I do. I I can do that. Uh, So I like to hear from them first, and then we kind of go through it again. And I try to put a reality check either more goals than they think they could accomplish or say, well, you know, you're still balancing the counter canner. So we're not quite ready to do a change up, but that's in a few months. So I helped them find the light switch. Yeah. Oh, I love that analogy. I think looking for the light switch is super important. I love that thought. And um, I think, you know, doing these exercises and taking time with your coach to sit down or, you know, a friend or someone where you just really looked at, look at these really objectively. I think that's really important. So Ruth, we love the journal, but we haven't told everybody, how can we find it? Well, it is currently sold on Amazon and you can type in 2022 dressage writers journal a number of them will pop up. One of them is mine. Or you can go to my website, which is ruthhoganpolson.com. That's P-O-U-L-S-E-N.com. And it will provide you with the link in the shop directly to the journal. Awesome. Well, we hope everybody grabs it now. Like I said, great holiday gift item for your coach or for anyone else that you know that is riding. And Ruth, we wish you the best 2022. It sounds like it's going to be a really fun year. I am really looking forward to it. We have a great group of folks here and I can't wait for all of the activities and the learning and the education and and to see you, Reese, I, I I look for you wherever I go. I know, it's so fun. So one day, maybe I'll get to see you in person. I know, it'll be awesome. Well, Ruth, we look forward to it and have a happy holidays. Thank you, you too. With classic elegance and unbeatable quality, it's clear why Arena Saddles are the premier choice for every discerning dressage rider. The comfort and style of a beautifully crafted arena dressage saddle will help you and your horse move together in perfect harmony while you're competing or training for the dressage ring. 
you'll enjoy unmatched close contact that will enable you and your horse to perform in rhythmic unison and catch any judge's eye. When you experience the ultra-soft seats and knee inserts, a perfectly balanced seat, customizable rider support, and extra protective cushioning, you'll see why arena saddles are known for their beauty, comfort, and practicality. Priced at just $1,599, the Arena Dressage Saddle is the saddle for you. Visit arenasaddles.com to view the full range of saddles available and find a retailer near you. Have you ever wondered how to keep your horse sound and how to prevent future lameness issues? Have you had to deal with abscesses, stone bruises, laminitis, navicular, or soft tissue damage in the hoof capsule? Or maybe you're a farrier and you want to learn how top vets around the world diagnose and treat various hoof care issues. The Humble Hoof is a podcast for both owners and professionals discussing the health of the hoof and soundness of your horse. Check us out, published twice a month on Horse Radio Network. Well, tonight, it is truly our honor to have the author and U.S. Olympian and coach and, and we're just so thrilled to have Robert Dover. He is the author of The Gates to Brilliance. Robert, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much. I'm so happy to be with you guys, especially I've right always, now we're on Christmas time. I know. Happy holidays. And I always get really excited and starstruck when I talk to you. It's so much fun. So tell us, how did you decide to write a book? Well, Honestly, I have been asked over the decades to write a book many times before, uh, and most of the time, if not all of the time, people ask me to write a sort of a how-to book, a typical, like, how do you, what are the aids for this, and how do you make a horse learn to go up the training scale, things like that, and I, I thought about it in each time and I said no because there are such fantastic books out there. Books like Podaisky's The Complete Training of Horse and Rider, um, Dust Rassurfer, The Dressage Horse by Harry Bolt, which is just this amazing book, both because of how beautifully he wrote it, but also how fantastic the photography is in it. And Colonel Youngquist, the Practical Dressage Manual, all of these books that were so wonderfully written, and I just didn't feel that there was anything that I could add to those. But uh, over the years, I thought to myself, well, what would I want to to write about? And it came to me that possibly I could think of snapshots from my past, things that I recollected and draw from those suggestions. So really the book is a a book of reflections and suggestions and how to have a happy, successful life. Well, you, you, I mean, you have had a lot of um, experience, you know, many Olympics, you know, either riding and, and then you turned into um, a team coach and, and you have a lot of really wonderful experiences that I think that, uh, it's, it's awesome that you were able to sit down and write about that and, and, uh, and let people a little bit into your world and into what was your career all about? Not that it's over now, but, uh, but it's wonderful when, when people can get in the scenes or, you know, in behind the scenes and, and, uh, feel like, um, they could be part of it or that you give perspective about all these experiences. So, 
Um, yeah, perspective is a great word. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think right. that is a great word. Yeah. So, so maybe you and can I let us too, a little bit as a as sure. a you know a preview of the book. You know your perspective about about these things. Yeah, for sure. the The thing with uh, my book from the very beginning, the 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 gates to brilliance, and uh, is an interesting name, and and I think people can draw from just the the title a lot of inferences. But when they ask me what why I named it that, I immediately say that when I was a a youngster riding with the coach of our Olympic team, Colonel Ben Kjungquist, who was who had been a five time Olympian in fencing for Sweden and a one time Olympic dressage rider for Sweden, he was not only a, a fantastic coach and teacher, but he was a philosopher himself. And one day while I was, I'm sure, whining and complaining about how things weren't coming easily for me in a pirouette or, or something, he, he looked at me and he said, Robert, the gates to brilliance are surrounded by a cloud of sweat and tears. <laughs> and that saying has stuck with me all of these decades and truly in his memory i named that the book the gates to brilliance and and the book itself is as i said really for me reflections back on moments in my life that impacted me in such a way that i thought well what could i share with people in order to possibly have them learn through my failures, through my issues, through things that might have happened to me, in order that maybe they wouldn't have to go through all of those themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there, there might be something to be learned from those. So that's what I have hoped in, in writing the book, that it would be something that people could read that might resonate with different things in their lives. Really, truly, the book is not for horse people, per se. It's a book written using the medium of the art that I chose, dressage, but to really, hopefully, help people by what I shared. Yeah. And and I just love that because, you know, I think it's so easy to look at someone and see, oh my gosh, they went to the Olympics or they were the coach of the team or there are so many hard things that went into that. Yes. You have that moment of, wow, look at this, but there's so many steps that go into that in, in so many pieces in which people don't understand unless they really hear or, or, kind of, like you said, there's one piece of information, you know, or that gave you. So how would you, or or can you give us one piece of advice as, you know, I, I mean, I, I just came down to Florida and I have big goals for the season and, and I want to keep it in perspective and enjoy the ride. I mean, is there something you could yeah. impart to us for, for that as you move forward? Well, and I think already just what you said about wanting to enjoy the road and, and, uh, loving the adventure of it, putting that ahead of the, these goals, even though I believe in having really lofty goals. I think that people who lose sight of the 
just fabulousness of every day doing something that's so fun and wonderful and adventurous, then they, they, things go by so fast and they'll, they look back at that and said, and then say, what happened? Like, Mm -hmm. and, and especially because these lofty goals, they're wonderful to have. But for instance, with an Olympic team, if a hundred people start out that year, trying out for the Olympic team four or maybe now three and a, and an, and a reserve will end up being that team. And so many dreams won't be fulfilled for many, many people, but the, the road is still so wonderful that we get to go down with these, with, with the horses and, and enjoy. And I think that the other part of that is with regard to my book, I think that, uh, two things. One, my mom always said that if you could go to bed at night thinking that you've done at least one good deed, one good thing in, in Jewish, that's called a mitzvah for somebody or something, an animal or something, then even if they don't know that you did it for them, hmm. that you can put your head down on the pillow and think you've had a good day. And so that is one of the, I think, most important thoughts that I had when I was thinking of what do I want to say in this book. And and that is it, because we're here on this planet for such a short period of time. And, and the reason that I believe we're here is to love and spread love and leave the world a better place than when we came into it. I, I truly love that. And, and, uh, you know, also my parents and, and they are very similar in the sense of passing things forward and being kind. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're in the holiday season and it's so easy and, and, and you can just lose sight of that. And I think, you know, we as, as horse people and some level going in and giving our horses a kiss and loving on them, that's, such a wonderful part. And, and I do think we lose sight of that. And so I, I just love that. I wrote it down in, in my, on my phone just a second ago as a note is just remember that we need to do a good deed every, every day. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. th- sometimes, especially co- sort of coming into Florida season where things get a little out of perspective, um, you forget right. that and you forget, yeah. like, wait a minute, we're here for the greater good and, and, and to, to move forward the sport. And, and I think that's also what your book shows people is that, you know, there are a lot of people with, with a lot of means, but maybe they're not, and I don't want to say they're not working hard, but I, can you talk a little bit about that? You know, you came into the sport and you've worked so hard to get where you have gotten. Right. But I also, uh, have had such a, a blessed life within this sport. I've had from the beginning, and I and I talk about that in the book in in different places. Uh, I've had people who were there for me uh, almost miraculously mm-hmm. from the very beginning. A lot of it was uh, happenstance. I was so fortunate to as a kid, well, first have the most incredible parents and family. 
and then to have people who were almost like second and third families for me, who took me in like uh, a family named Riley, who took me in and let me stay there for free and nurtured me and helped me along through Pony Club and different Pony Club instructors from the beginning uh, in both the Bahamas, Myra Wagner and Margot Kern in Florida and and Riley in Virginia and all these different people who were just there. And, and then, of course, by the time I was 15, because of, of Margot Kern, who was riding with Colonel Youngquist, I met him there at 15. Then when I went to Atlanta and, and rode with Elizabeth Lewis, she was riding with Colonel Youngquist, and he took me under his wing from that early age and truly mentored me and, and of course, was my trainer, teacher, coach, but also mentored me in how to be a good horseman and a person who uh, who was going to give back from from the beginning. He uh, imparted that kind of philosophy. And of course, at Linda Zhang's, there was a sign that I don't know if she had it up when he was still alive, but but. Um, it said, art ends where violence begins. And that was a Colonel Youngquist saying. So uh, just so many things. I was so fortunate to have people who were tough enough with me and said, you know, Robert, uh, if you really want to do this, you're better like toughen up and figure out how to get Fader Light, who was at that point $20,000 and I didn't have anything at that point in my life. And, uh, this lovely lady who I was teaching came out of the barn and took her pen and her checkbook and wrote me a check for $20,000 and said, Robert, you have to have that horse and you just pay me back as soon as you can, whenever you can. And that was wow. the kind of life. Wow. Right. And so you, on the one side, yes, I worked from my teens all the way through till today, still working. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I work very hard, and I'm dedicated, determined, and and the thing, all of those things that you need to have if you're going to be successful. But I also had, and still have, incredibly wonderful people in my life that that helped me along. I, I mean, I, I think from my perspective is that, I mean, anybody who meets you and knows you and even just talking on the radio is is that you're such a a positive person. I mean, you're a hard worker and, and all of those things. I don't I don't want to say that you're not, but you're a positive person. And I think, you know, in my life uh, or, or from my perspective, like attracts like. So if you're Absolutely out there right. being positive and complimentary to people and, and you know, and and doing going the extra mile for somebody, whether it's a client or a friend or somebody you don't even know, people are attracted to that and they want to, they want to, you know, positive people attract positive people and they, they build each other up. So I just think yeah. that that's kind of a point and, and maybe not a question, but my, I'm coming back to, you know, the question I was thinking of is like, what was it, what was challenging about reflecting on your life and writing a book about it? Well, from the, from the beginning, when I committed to writing a book and I spoke to Martha and Rebecca, who is my editor, I, ha I, I started writing and then I realized 
Robert, you have no idea what you're doing. Like <laughs> you think, oh, I'm just going to write. You think I'm just going to write this book, but when you begin writing, you realize that you have to, you have to actually have some almost like a book on how to write a book, uh, <laughs> especially if it's going to be a book that isn't a novel, for instance. That's a that's a nonfiction book because you, you have to figure out where you want to go with it. And then as you sort of start spilling out what's in your mind emotionally or, uh, or, or academically, what you are trying to put onto paper, uh, a lot of it, you have to like go back and then say, okay, well now I have to edit this. And, and that's where (laughs) Rebecca was so fabulous. And of course, Martha was fabulous. She, she, she went through hundreds of pictures and photographs and put them into a form that would work within the, the framework of the book. And Rebecca would just help me along where, when I would get uh, frozen. And, and, and literally, the book began way before COVID, and then because of COVID and all the things that happened, I had to take uh, like half of a year and really sort of put it on a bit of a pause and then get back to it. Uh, but they were so patient with me, both of them. And when I was, I would say like 80% uh, through the first draft of it, Rebecca had already been going through it and sort of making comments and leaving them in the, on the edges of the pages. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's daunting. I will tell you that when you start seeing little comments and questions and things that where it says you have to um, fill more, fill this paragraph in with, with just more, you know, and the word would be just, I need more. (laughs) More. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and for a moment you get defensive because you think, okay, well, wait a minute. I just spilled my guts (laughs) on, on this whole issue, but it, but then she would push me and nudge me and bring me along. We would talk about things and she would help me to fill in these blank spaces. So it was just a a really wonderful process in the end. Uh, Not only because when you start to write a book like that and you don't know the person at all, that's going to help you to edit it. It's a little bit scary because you don't know as you're putting these words down on a paper, how, whether you're going to be judged by it's a person. Yeah, it's a very personal your experience. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I've never you know, read a sure. book or had that experience. It made total sense. For like sure. you said, you're spilling your guts out here and you're, and then, yeah. oh, that would be, that would be very difficult. Kind, kind of like sure. getting your, your yeah. personal journal edited, you know, afterwards yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Where that think like, of that, having your diary <sighs> being read and then having them them say, okay, well, uh, I this is okay, but I need even more. <laughs> yeah. Com- com- commenting was, on your diary, yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, this was it was painful enough. You really want yes. you, you need me to like start crying more. But, <laughs> but in the end, in the end, it was great. I mean, she was great, and uh, so 
so sort of willing to go along with any direction that I was taking the the book in. And it was in the end, you know, very cathartic for me. Uh, and while I hoped and still hope that it resonates with people, horsey or non-horsey, and that it finds its way into as many readers' hands as possible, the the process of it already was very fulfilling for me. By the time I finished, I thought, you know what? I'm proud of of the book. And what even made me more proud was that my brother helped me by uh, editing, well, especially the chapters that had to do with my childhood and and my family. And because when you're, my brother's eight years older than me, and some of the stuff, I had very few real recollections of that I could write down and, and know as fact. So my brother read everything and said, okay, well, that wasn't exactly the way that was. And this, <laughs> uncle, this uncle that you, that you called an uncle was actually not even a relative. Oh. And I mean, it's, it's so interesting, right? Yeah. Because when also you're getting, yeah, kid, you're getting your, your memories edited as well. That's, sure. That's wow. Absolutely. But it was, it was fascinating and it got me closer to my, to my brother. And then Robert also went through it and he because we've been together 33 years he uh, not only was so wonderful and supportive through the whole process but then in editing it he also helped me to make sure that everything was factual and also uh, th there were places where i referenced maybe someone in in a certain way. And he said, you know what, Robert, I would change that because somebody reading it might could be hurt in any way. And I had oh. no desire to hurt anyone. So truly I, and the, when, when Robert brought that to my attention, I contacted my editor and I said, listen, when you read it through and when you're editing it through for the fourth time or 20th time, I want to mm -hmm. make sure that, that you take into consideration that I want to tell my story, even the places that were hard. But if, if a person is referenced in order to explain something or to, for people to understand what I went through, then I want names to be withheld, possibly even genders changed. And so my story is my story, and th that which I write that happened to me did happen to me. However, I've tried to ensure that nobody alive is is going to read it and then feel like um, that that I've mistreated them in in my book or viewed viewed in a negative light. And yeah, I mean, I can I can understand that. I mean. Yeah. We, it's all again. It's just all about perspective, and that was your perspective. Right. But maybe they had a, a differing one, and and you know you well, don't want it, you don't want a conflict out there in the world. That well, I mean, I point. mean, listen, yeah. there's so much anyway, and, and <laughs> with me, of course, I'm I'm very outspoken, 
Uh, I'm not afraid to say what I believe in, in, and to stand up for what I, what I believe is, is right. But at the same time, uh, I think that it's very clear in today's world that how we thought about things 30 years ago is not the way we think about things or, or should think about things or speak about things today uh, and how we act. Mm-hmm. How we acted 30 or 40 years ago would, in many ways, just be inappropriate today, right? And yeah. Uh, yeah. think about sure. what the Me Too movement and what safe sport, because of Nassar, has changed, how it's changed so many things, right? Within yes. Within the Olympic family, but also the Me Too movement within how, how we even consider speaking or, or, or acting today. And, and also um, with, in, in the gay culture, it's changed dramatically in that what was acceptable to, to speak like 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, is now completely different within the gay culture that, that I would have thought I would be so, uh, well-versed in, but the truth is I have to really edit my thoughts and, and my speech often in order to be ensure that I don't hurt anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, time, time provides context. And I think that's something that people are coming to terms with. Um, you know, and just uh, reflecting on things and and being able to move move forward in this world. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, we're so excited to have you and to highlight your book because your life is so it's so inspiring and it's so. Um, you know, when you read the book and, and I, I have, I've looked at the pictures cause they're awesome. <laughs> you mentioned the pictures and I, I opened the book and I was like, these pictures are phenomenal. So I, I appreciated the pictures and, yeah. you know, just, just reading your story and, and hearing the struggles and, and triumphs and all the, all of it. And, and we can't thank you enough for sharing your time with us. And we are thrilled to highlight for the book club book of the month this month. How can our listeners find your book online and read your story? Well, uh, what's nice is now, as of today, uh, Martha from Travago Square Books, she she let me know that it is, as of today, available as an ebook. And I know that she told me that it is available as an ebook today through Travago Square Books. I think it's Horse and Rider Books. Dot com. Yes. um, Dot com. Exactly. And so that's the way that people can get it. Of course, there are other ways of of being able to procure the book, but I really love the fact that uh, people would go and get the book directly through my publisher because it is a small company. They're a great company and they have been so dedicated from the very beginning to what the sport that we love and we share, uh, the equestrian sports. So, uh, if I can help them as they've helped me, I, I'm really happy to. 
Yes. And they also sponsor our book club. So we love them and we really appreciate all the things they do for us as well. So horseandriderbooks.com. Well, Robert, we can't thank you enough for sharing. We know you're so busy and sharing your time with us and our listeners. Uh, It was truly an honor and we wish you and Robert happy holidays. Yeah, and yourselves as well and, and your families too, okay? Give them all my very best. Thank you so much. No trainer has time for endless phone calls and text messages informing owners of training progress and updating their teams on care plans. That's where the concept of Horse Report System originated, a centralized system that can help busy trainers easily communicate with their team and with each horse's owner about training and health needs. From there, the vision expanded to organizing demographic data needed for competitions like microchip info, breed society, and sport association numbers, as well as storage for photos and important documents. Based on input from professionals at the elite level of equine sports, the system grew to include everything a busy professional needs to keep their horses in top form and their owners engaged with the horse's progress. Today, Horse Report System is continuously evolving to provide equestrians of every level and discipline with the most convenient and user-friendly way to provide optimal care for their horses and easy communication with their team. Well, Phil, it is Christmas shopping season, and we have some amazing products from Total Saddle Fit that we love. And the Stretch Tech Shoulder Relief Girth is another amazing product because not only is it durable, you can get extra liners, right, Phil? So that is also something to put in somebody's stocking they will be so thankful for. If your horse has a stocking, that's that's the best gift for them because, you know, it really keeps your saddle in place. You know, it really allows the shoulder freedom that you're looking for in, in, uh, in your dressage tests. So, you know, help out your horse, get him a stretch tech shoulder relief girth. Oh, it's fantastic. And all the products from Justin at Total Saddle Fit would be great. I'm sure they do gift cards. If you don't know exactly what size your horses um, or what size stirrup you need, they would also be a great gift. So great gifts for the holidays. We highly recommend them. We use them. We, uh, I'm not really, I, 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 I'm sure you would say, Phil, I abuse mine a little bit. I just, I really hose them off and do all the things to them and they were, they still look great. So we appreciate <laughs> Justin at Total Saddle Fit, and we hope that helps you with your holiday needs. Well, we also have a great Total Saddle Fit trainer tip from Megan McIsaac. We hope you enjoy it. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, for this week's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we have USDF Certified Instructor Megan McIsaac on the line. Welcome, Megan. Hey, you guys. Thank you for having me on. I love talking to you. We love having you. And we were thinking it's been about a year, which is far too long since we've had you on the show. And you do the best tips. So what do you have for us this week? Well, this week, uh, I had someone ask me about uh, giving their horse the winter off. And my answer is absolutely don't do it. (laughs) It is, uh, I think it is so hard on the horses. If you want to lighten the load or you want to change the work, go for it. But um, just think about it this way. You give your horse three months off over the winter. They've been sitting around eating bonbons, 
And then all of a sudden, come April, you have one month to get ready for show season. That's not long enough. If you want to lunge, if you even want to hand walk, I think that's so much better than just absolutely no work at all. So that's my suggestion. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, no. uh, being from a cold climate, you and I, you know, you have people that come up with these ideas like, oh, well, I don't I don't want to ride in the in the winter and my horse probably doesn't want to be worked with and in the winter you know we would we would both just enjoy a few months off but you know if you think about it you know the horses they really thrive on a routine right so Mm -hmm. they're not going to understand why you know all of a sudden you're not there or or they're not working you know and then and then I know my horse is just basically when it's cold out and it, and and it's the winter they just go they just they just go basically from their stall out to the paddock and they stand around at the gate eating hay yep. and then they go right back into the stall. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. now your horse is not getting exercise basically at all and mm-hmm. uh, you know that's not good for them. That's not it's not good for people. So nope. Um, yeah. you know, we have to treat our horses like athletes and, and, you know, they get all the, those wonderful endorphins from, from working out or from getting some exercise. So I think it, it means that you have to provide that for them because they're not going to do it. They're not going to, they're not, they don't no. go outside and just run around and exercise themselves because they know it'll, they'll feel good afterwards or whatever. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so important. And I think that 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 happens too. Like after a big competition, event horses typically will get some time off, but Mm -hmm. they are doing a different job and they gallop a lot more and there's a lot more, they're jumping a lot more. And those horses, it's part of their routine where they'll, Mm -hmm. you know, punch them up and it takes them however long it takes them to get to the competition. And then they will give them it, but that's time for their bodies to literally recover. Mm -hmm. And for us, dressage horses typically don't do that in their lifetime. So they're not used to that sort of break. And then they're typically their minds don't handle it well. Because like you said, Phil, they're used to, that is their routine. They come out, they go to work. So I'm very much a in the camp of you do the same exact thing, but maybe you don't work calf and massage transitions for an hour, you know, not that you should be doing that anyways, Mm -hmm. but you know what I'm saying? Like maybe you're not working for competition, getting ready to compete in Wellington. You know, you're not doing that. You can take a little easier time, but maybe to take that time to really work on geometry or transitions and, and instead of hammering on the movement, and really working sort of on the in-between work. And, and like I said, maybe some days yeah. it's just walking. Walking's good yeah. for everybody. It won't hurt anyone to just walk, but walk with purpose and moving forward and all of those things. I think um, that's so important. And and I love that. And and we have that when it gets hot, you know, on the opposite, you know, in, the, in, oh. in July and August, it's really hot. Um, but you can still get some work done without absolutely killing the horses. So I think yeah, depending on, you know, the climate that you're in. So I love that tip. Well, you are most welcome. I think it's so important to think about that and the mental and the physical aspect of our horses. They just don't understand. And um, we wouldn't do it with ourselves. You know, we wouldn't take a month just to get ready for a marathon. We shouldn't expect it out of our horses either. 
it's just that much longer to get us back into work. You know, it's just our routine. So once they get used to that sedentary lifestyle, they're going to be resentful, you know, just like we are. I'd be like, yeah, I want to stay on the couch. No, I think the routine is so important. I love it. I love it. Well, Megan, how do our listeners find you online if they want to hear your awesome voice and get more tips from you? Um, please check out my website at lindenhoff.com. You can also email me at LLC at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook um, personally, as well as Lindenhoff is also on Facebook. And I think we're on Instagram. So um, wow. please check us out and um, love to help anyone. Fantastic. Well, Megan, we hope you guys have a very happy holidays. You too. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really, I really love joining you guys and hearing your beautiful voices. I miss you both so much. We miss you too. Happy holidays, Megan. Happy holidays. Well, Phil, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. I've got to give a shout out to Maritza. She just emailed me. Um, she has purchased a new horse and we wish her all the best luck. Um, she emailed us earlier in the season. So it's always fun to hear an update from listeners and feel free to send them to us. We love them. We also love all your holiday picks. It always makes Phil in my day. As always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search dressage radio show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products, Arena Saddles, Horse Report Systems, and Total Saddle Fit. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week.